Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Alibis, the true crime podcast from three friends sharing their perspectives from having years of 911 dispatching experience. Episode 20, Femicide in Mexico. On today's episode, Brittany and I discuss the alarming rate of suspicious disappearances and deaths of women in Mexico. Today's question is, when you think of Mexico, what do you think of? Vacations, yummy food. Umbrella drinks. I say I say vacations. I've never been to Mexico on a vacation. I just like, while I was in school, middle school and high school, I had friends that like any vacation that there was, them and their family was going to Mexico. So that's why that jumps into my head. I've never been. Did I say food already? <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of is really good food. Also, mm-hmm. this when I was when I was in high school, we went on a couple cruises to um, Catalina Island and then Ensenada, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I actually have been to Mexico, but only a couple times and only like a small part of it, you know. And I just remember the food was really good and it was pretty, like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. beach and stuff. Um, Ryan and I were going to go on our honeymoon to Rocky Point, but his parents gifted us their timeshare again, so we'll probably go there instead. But I haven't been back since high school. I want to, but the story makes me not want to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine that question at the beginning of this podcast will be very um, tourism board friendly. I'm all, okay, now I'm going to ask you a different question that that one didn't relate to our podcast at all. (laughs) I just wanted to know how you thought. (laughs) so today i'm gonna tell you the story of debony escobar i think that's how you say it again i'm not good at pronouncing things but so at least 10 women and girls are murdered every day in mexico according to a report released by amnesty international in september of 2021 in 2019 alone 1006 women were victims of murder Mexico is continuing to fail to fulfill its duty to investigate and therefore its duty to guarantee the rights to life and personal integrity of the victims as well as to prevent violence against women, says the report, um, Justice on Trial. That was a quote. According to the report, femicide has been an issue in Mexico for decades. Femicide is defined as the killing of a woman or girl in particular by a man and on account of her gender. During the 1990s alone, at least 400 women were murdered in Juarez. Juarez is the most populous city in the Mexican state of Chihuahua. It is also known as El Paso del Norte, or the Pass of the North. There is an estimated population of 1.5 million people, and it is a major point of entry into the U.S. for all central northern Mexico. According to an article I read, 76 of the 400 women killed in the 90s were killed by a serial killer. Like, they all had similarities that made them think is possibly Hmm. a serial killer. However, I don't know how you would differentiate that between a serial killer or, like, sex trafficking or, like, a group or something. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Like, cartel or whatever. Yeah. The bodies fit the same pattern. They were dark-skinned, lanky, and very young women who were raped and strangled and then dumped in Juarez. Some of them were even found dumped in a mass grave. So some of them were found together. Hmm. As of April 2022, there had been 26 females reported missing, Five of those females had been found dead, and according to one article I read on CNN, the number of people listed as missing in Mexico stands at nearly 99,000, according to a national register. Nearly 25,000 of them are women. Wow. 
According to CBS, on, in 2020, there were 977 femicides in Mexico. In 2021, there were 1,015, and the numbers for 2022 obviously aren't known, but they're predicted to be higher. Recently, feminists have started asking for a change, claiming that public officials, police, and prosecutors show little to no concern over the issue. Um, one activist in particular named Maricruz Acampo, she said, they've all had the same attitude toward the problem. This is a Mexican problem, not a women's issue. So I think she's just trying to say that this isn't just about women. It's like a problem in Mexico overall, mm-hmm. which from those statistics, I would definitely agree with her. Yeah. It's not just something women need to be concerned about. It's something that the country of Mexico needs to be concerned about. Yeah. And why mm-hmm. is it just because they're women, it's their issue? Do you know what I mean? I just don't like that. I Man, don't like I don't all. know. I don't know if that's a soapbox I'm ready to climb <laughs> on top of because... You have a lot to say? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll skip that part for now. Back to it, you know. Um, I always like your speeches. On February 9th of 2020, 25-year-old Ingrid Escamilla... It's E-S-C-A-M-I-L-L-A, was murdered by her husband, who, and this is a quote, skinned her corpse and disemboweled her. He then tried to flush her organs down the drain, and when he couldn't, he discarded her remains on the side of the street. Wow, that's some hatred. Yeah, like a lot of anger. Um, According to some of the stuff I read, and this isn't an excuse, I don't think. Um, Uh, There's not an excuse for something like that. No, but he was drinking, they got in a fight. It escalated. Obviously, there was probably, for it to have reached that point, there was probably some violence before that, is my mm-hmm. guess. His son, who was there at the time, witnessed everything. He has autism. Mm-hmm. And now, just to add this on, like, the trauma, mm-hmm. he later called the son's mother, who was his ex, and confessed to her that he had killed his wife. A week later, seven-year-old um, Fatima Aldrati Anton was abducted and tortured when her mother was late to pick her up from school. Her body was found in a plastic bag four days later, and a woman and a man were arrested after a tip from the female subject's landlord. According to some of the articles and stuff I read, like, unfortunately, there's not a lot on there for the U.S. to read, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I saw was in Spanish, and I I can't speak Spanish, let alone read Spanish. So it would be nice if maybe some more stuff was made known to, like, the U.S. So, like, some of the articles I read, she was, like, stuck in traffic. And, like, people were saying how her government kind of already failed her because she didn't have anywhere to send her child after school. And she was, like, working to support her family and stuff. The man and woman were arrested and they found, like, stuff that linked them to the case. But I haven't seen anything but that. So these two gruesome killings sparked more marches and protests among feminists, and the next victim I'm going to tell you about actually protested in some of those marches just a few weeks before her murder. Her dad, Mario Escobar, said she went to the feminist marches because she always wanted to help people. We hope this will be a watershed moment so no more girls, no more women go missing. Devani was an 18-year-old law student, and she vanished on April 9th, 2022. Devani's family joined police in the search for her and handed out flyers offering a reward for any information about her whereabouts. She went to a party with two of her friends on April 8th. They got into an argument and they called a driver to pick her up. He was not on duty at the time and it seems unclear why they called him, but I guess they had ridden with him before so that they thought she would be safe is what some articles said. He worked for Uber and like another company that I 
I wasn't familiar with. So it's kind of weird to me. It's like, did they have his personal number then? They had to have had it in order mm-hmm. to, you know, get him to come. Mm-hmm. And she was last seen on video April 9th at 420 when the driver by the name of Juan David Cular, it's C-U-E-L-L-A-R. I don't know. I am really bad at these names. I'm just going to call him Juan. Was seen on video trying to grope her, according to her father. So according to her father, there's a video of him trying to touch her inappropriately. He leaves her on the side of the road, like a side of the highway mm-hmm. in the dark. According to Juan, he picked her up at the estate from a party. And five mi- minutes later, she exited the vehicle on an empty stretch of highway because she asked to be dropped off. The driver, Juan, took a picture of her standing on the side of the road when he left her there. And this picture has gone viral during the 13-day search. So we'll post a picture on our Instagram and Facebook of that. According to a Yahoo News article, he has an extensive criminal history, including an arrest on April 12th for drug-related charges. He was also previously investigated for harassment and attempted kidnapping of women. That's what the article claimed. He Mm -hmm. claims he took the picture of her that night to prove she was alive when he left her on the dark highway. Which... Is that a thing? Are all Uber drivers taking pictures of people that they drop off to prove they're alive? It shouldn't be, but it might be a thing that they do, especially in Mexico. I don't know. It just seems I a little weird to me. I had a loss here because we keep, really can't talk on the like the day-to-day culture of the area, you know? That's true. It just It's seems definitely so- not not suspicious. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it does seem a little suspicious that he has like this history. He's leaving her on the side of the road. Like, there was a reason. Like, he doesn't say he's like, I didn't grope her. I didn't touch her inappropriately. That's what he's claiming, right? He's denying all the accusations that her father has made publicly. But there's a reason she got Mm -hmm. out of the car. Like, maybe she had too much to drink. Maybe that was part of it. Like, I'm sure it was a party. So I'm sure there was other things involved that the public just doesn't know about, right? But like, also, what was she fighting about with her friends? Why was the fight so serious that they called for a cab for her? You know what I mean? It's just kind of weird. The whole thing is just Mm -hmm. a little bit fishy. A video was later released of the party where she can be seen around 3 a.m. running from a man who caught up with her and grabbed her before six other men surrounded her for a few minutes. I just wonder if they've talked to everybody in that video, you know? I don't know. But the fact is the last known person, right, to see her alive was this driver, Juan. But from there, security cameras in the area caught her trying to get help from a trucking company at 4 30 a.m that was like on the side of the highway they then capture her walking toward the nueva castilla motel again probably butchering that sorry everybody the video on the motel security cameras suggested she had entered the hotel and walked around before walking towards the three cisterns located near the hotel swimming pool of course that area is off camera uh, for 13 days, more than 200 officers, drones, search dogs, and like her family members and stuff searched the area of the motel. They searched the area, the police specifically searched the area at least four times and claimed that nothing was found. It wasn't until employees made complaints about foul orders coming from the area of the water that her body was found. Like they discovered her body was there, mm-hmm. which if they had done extensive searches, you would have thought that they probably you would, would have check found it there. already. Yeah. Unless her body hadn't been there the whole time, which is also probably possible. I just wonder, too, though, if they have all that video footage. Do they have video footage of other people who were there? Do they have video footage of later days? Like, there's a lot of questions. The attorney general's office claimed that she had accidentally fallen into the water and drowned after a concussion. 
However, there was no water in her lungs, according to one report on the first autopsy. So how do you drown without water in your lungs? Another weird thing in this case is there were three autopsies done. So the first autopsy was done. The family didn't really believe what it had to say. So they requested a second autopsy be performed by an independent forensic lab. And Mm -hmm. they paid for it. That autopsy found she had suffered a sexual assault and was repeatedly beaten. Her body showed evidence of several blows to the forehead, both eyes, her nose, lips, and the upper side of her right ear, according to the second report. According to an article on CBS released July 19th, uh, another autopsy was performed and listed her cause of death as asphyxia, asphyxia by suffocation due to obstruction of respiratory orifices. The autopsy suggested that she had died three to five days before her body was found. If you remember, she was missing for 13 days. So where was she? Yeah. And what was yeah. happening? Yeah. And how was it not caught on video? Like she just walked off camera. And then, like, eight to ten days that she could have been with somebody having God only knows what happened to her. Yeah. So. So there are differing opinions on signs of sexual assault in that autopsy as well. They said that there was no signs of sexual assault. In the third one? In the third one. Her body was unrecognizable because of decomp, and she had to be identified using the clothing and the crucifix she had been wearing the night she disappeared. Her father made a statement in a press conference outside of the motel saying, I publicly accuse Juan of all of this. He accused him of putting her in danger and trying to abuse her. And according to the Yahoo article I mentioned, both Mario and his wife, Dolores, have also accused the Nuevo Leon prosecutor of incompetence and alleged that Escobar's body was planted in the cistern. They also said the prosecutor's office ensured that there, and this is a quote, there was no crime to prosecute, despite evidence that the taxi driver had tried to abuse her. Her father and family members claimed that she was beaten and strangled and probably sexually assaulted. Her disappearance and death sparked more protests across the country, obviously. During the week that authorities searched for her body, five other women and girls had been found in the state, and four of these victims were 16 or, or younger. So five other murdered women. That's according to some reports. Some reports say they were alive. It's like unclear as to whether there's just like miscommunication between translating it or if maybe they're just trying to cover up something. Or it's just a lack of wanting to keep good records. Yeah. On April 24th, 2022, Nuevo Leon Governor Samuel Garcia said he would increase funding and resources to help combat gender violence. And he said, we are working very hard to address the causes of this problem. And I will be very clear to the rapists and those who commit femicide and those who hurt the women of Nuevo Leon know that we will find them and punish them to the fullest extent of the law. This was in a Facebook post. Maria Salguar, I can't even say that. S-A-L-G-U-E-R-O. She documents on an online map which I'm going to post a link on our Facebook. So check out our Facebook, The Truth, Lies, and Alibis. For that, it's going to be the link for this map that she has, which shows all of the femicides in Mexico over the past four years. So I'm going to look into it more because I literally did all of this research yesterday because I was on Facebook and this story came up and I felt like if you have this platform, I know we don't have like a ton of listeners. Maybe one day we will. It's like to shed some light because it's a huge issue, obviously, because of all these marches and all the news and stuff and this story and the other stories that were so horrible 
Mm-hmm. It's getting more light, but it needs more. Because mm-hmm. like she said earlier, this shouldn't be like a women's problem. This should It be shouldn't a- be a women's battle. It's everybody's battle. Yes, yeah. it is. And something obviously needs to change. Although femicide is a huge issue that doesn't seem to be improving in Mexico, it is also an issue in the United States. And then according to an article on Teen Vogue, in 2017, there were 1,948 women killed by men. You can see updated statistics on women count USA. It's run like on a completely volunteer basis by a registered nurse. And I will also post a link for that. It's just a sad thing. Like it's already hard to live in this world, but it seems especially hard if you're a woman because it's especially hard like if this. you're not a cis male. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's a little bit scary. Absolutely. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I have followed true crime stories, you know, like, that's literally what I, I come home, I turn on true crime, I listen to true crime in the car, (laughs) shout out to true crime obsessed, who are my favorite. Hi, Patrick, hi, Jillian, I hope you listen. (laughs) (laughs) Or Heather Ashley, who does big mad true crime. But like, I haven't heard, obviously, because this one's new, right? I haven't heard the story, but I didn't know that it was such a big issue there and it make i mean it makes sense right because Mm -hmm. it's a big issue in the united states too domestic violence i know that it's a big issue personally i know from the advocacy work i do for the teen pregnancy program like Mm -hmm. all that stuff it just kind of when you read the statistics and they're like staring you in the face like that and the fact that this woman goes out of her way to put them on maps and like bring awareness she's using her free time to bring light to it like and it makes it visual like yeah i in my spare time i do research for this or like i do a lot of like i said advocacy work and stuff like that but like that's a lot of time that she takes especially when you're talking about if they're not keeping accurate records i'm sure she has to do a lot of digging i'm sure she has to find who these victims are and she puts it on a map for everyone to see And I just think that's really great of her. And it's good that people like her exist. And maybe these stories will bring light to the fact that things need to change. And hopefully women in Mexico can one day feel safer. All over the world, right? Like, I feel like I come from a standpoint, especially on this one, where I don't want to comment too heavily because I'm not familiar with... I, I can comment on the United States all day long. I live here. I'm a U.S. citizen. I'll, I'll, you know, say whatever I feel because I'm at least partially educated on the country that I live in. Uh, I'm not going to readily make comments about another country and how they handle things because I just don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, obviously they need to do this because I don't they might. They might. <laughs> I don't know. But you're not and an then expert. I'll just I'm not I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm also not gonna be the dummy who puts my voice out for everyone to hear saying dumb un- uneducated bullsh. Yeah. So <laughs> And I wanna like make it known that all of the stuff in here is the stuff I found in the articles online. I also yes. know nothing about yeah. it. <laughs> I just know that there are a lot of women obviously who are upset and don't feel safe and yes they should be allowed and they should be heard yes absolutely and it is important to bring light to something that you know somebody in the united states may never realize yeah you know just bringing light to it just acknowledging it you know not asking anybody in 
the middle of the United States to fix it, but just acknowledge it. Just be aware that this is happening not only in Mexico. It happens all over the world. Yeah. Crime happens to everybody and horrible things happen to everybody, but it also happens to women a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think headlines in our own country uh, speak clearly as to why that's still happening. That's all. I'll say. I 100% agree with you. It's it's hard. It's hard for me. I will say this. So it's hard for me to say what other countries need to change about how women are treated. First of all, in different cultures, it's not my place. Mm -hmm. Second of all, how can I speak how another country needs to treat women when our own country doesn't even treat women well? I agree. I just feel like sometimes we get to live these like carefree lives. Yeah. In America, because we choose to ignore headlines. and But when I read yeah. that article, I was just kind of shook by the story and by the advocacy work that some of these women are doing and trying to bring awareness to it. And I felt like it's a story that I wanted to share with you and all the people that listen, because it is kind of cool that when I look at our statistics and stuff, there are people in other countries listening. And by the way... Yeah. If you're listening, I want to shout out to one of our listeners because I Jess, I sent you this message and it was so it's in she follows us on Instagram and her name's Mia, I believe, but she sent us a story idea, which we had already kind of put on our list. And I know Kylie is looking forward to doing that whenever she comes Mm -hmm. back from her, you know, wedding planning and stuff. But if you have any stories, say from other countries, especially that maybe don't get the shout out that it should on other true crime things that you listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Send it our way. Like, send us a message on Instagram, on TikTok, we're on Facebook, YouTube. Just comment. Yeah. And please, we would yeah. love to know what stories you want to hear and what stories you think need to have a voice because that's part of why we're doing this, right? Like, yes. also, I know a lot of our listeners are dispatchers because all of our reviews are from other dispatchers, right? <laughs> if you have like even just weird 911 calls that you kind of just want to hear other dispatchers' opinions on, maybe send them our way. Maybe in the future we can do an episode where we just talk about weird 911 calls. Like, help, help us entertain you, please. Because that's what we're here for, so... But anyway, um, but it is anyway. I I do want to make sure. I do think it's in, it's incredibly important that from being a U.S. citizen, having been born in the United States, we do have privilege. Lucky us, right? Lucky us, and so being able to use that privilege of just being women who make a podcast like there are places where you certainly couldn't do that but being able to use the privilege that we have to bring light to things that are happening in other places that's not just wound up in our own bubble is really important so i agree and i kind of want to like end on talking about how so debony i i hope i'm saying her name right like i said i'm not good at that stuff (laughs) she wanted to be a lawyer because she wanted to help people she marched in these marches like there are pictures which i'm gonna include on our post on all of our social media of her marching and she believed in a change and it's really sad that her story ended the way she didn't want anyone's life to end you know yeah i also just want to point out it's just all weird right her just the circumstances of her disappearance and where her body was found and i mean well that she was she was an activist and 
one of those ones that was making her voice heard for a change and then for this to happen to her. And it just makes you wonder, like, what more she could have done and been. Mm -hmm. And I wonder that about all the victims that we talk about, right? I feel especially sad for her family who may never get the answers that they, they deserve. So, right. Thank you for listening. Additional information for each case can be found on our website, truthliesandalibis.buzzsprout.com. New episodes will be uploaded every Monday. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at truthliesandalibis.